Hi, everyone. Uh, let me. Sometimes I have this tendency to go a little long. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to time myself just for the sake, you know. Um, I'm not saying how long I'll go, but I'm just trying to say that I'm timing myself. Um, it will be less than Troy's time in the marathon, though. I promise you that, okay? Um, <clears throat> Uh, let's see, what do I want to do? Um, all right, guys, it is an immense pleasure and privilege to be back. Um, I am a big fan of the table. I shared that um, last time I was here. Uh, last time I was here, I did mention, like, I, I'm such a big fan of you guys because because I love the name, the table, because, and it's, if, I, if I ever aspire to have my own church, I would have considered calling it the table. And then a month ago, Troy, you know, tells me the, the theme of this particular sermon series as sanctuary. And I was like, ah, he did it again. He, he took my other name for my <laughs> non-existent church that, yeah. Um, and so his great minds think alike. I mean, I love the concept of the table and I love the concept of sanctuary. Such a deep word that has so much meaning and it can really have an impact on our lives. And so... Um, what I want to do as I talk about sanctuary, I just kind of want to remind us, I'm not sure if Troy read this last week, but I kind of saw what he wrote for the theme. I don't know, did, did Caroline, did you write it or did Troy write it? I mean, it looks pretty good, so I assumed you wrote it. Okay, okay. Um, let, me wrote, let me read aloud what uh, the definition of sanctuary that Troy had, at least on the website for this, right? Uh, sanctuary is a safe home where we can hide when feeling overwhelmed and fearful. Sanctuary is a rock where we can enjoy stability in the midst of danger. Sanctuary is refuge when we're feeling exhausted. Sanctuary is a place of peace where we can live and flourish. Instead of having to ascend to this place of sanctuary, that is impossible. Imagine God coming to us in the person of Jesus to be our sanctuary. Christ is Emmanuel, God with us, Merry Christmas. Um, man, he's a good writer. Um, what a wonderful, wonderful theme. We all need sanctuary. Why? Because there are things out there that are overwhelming, things that, out there that are fear-inducing, things out there that are dangerous. We live in a world, and we kind of see it today, of just, even we saw in, even through our community prayer, that there is just pain and suffering going out there both in our congregation, but also in the streets and in the world around us. We all need sanctuary. So my intention today is really to continue the theme that was already started last week and and will also be continued next week with uh, Cheryl Thompson, our good friend, also being here. Uh, What I want to focus on today is how we can get joy and peace from Sanctuary. So, uh, if you can turn with me into in your bulletins, we will read Philippians four, uh, verses four through thirteen. This is the letter to the Philippians by the Apostle Paul, <clears throat> and this is what he says. He says, "Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. That's sanctuary. God with us, right?" Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, I just love this passage. Um, Let's talk about why we need sanctuary, why we hunger for joy and peace. Um, I I focus a lot on verse 8, where Paul says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. It sounds like a man who's writing from knowing just that, what, how long life is and how difficult life is, right? He's saying if there's anything that is excellent, anything that is commendable, right? And he's, he's kind of pointing out just how few things there are in the world that are truly commendable, excellent, pure, lovely, just, right? He feels like there's just not enough of that in the world. And I think we can relate to that. Just think about our current world, our current society. Think about things that are true, right? Well, we live in a society where the term alternative facts has become a running joke, right? Both sides, no matter what side of the political spectrum you are, like we just throw alternative facts at each other. What about things that are honorable? Well, in the world today, there are dictators who lead horrific Regimes. They are guilty of crimes against humanity. Dictators like Rodrigo Duterte in the Philippines or Kim Jong-un in North Korea. And these dictators are given a platform. They are given a stage in the world to share their opinions or even invited to dinners with other world leaders. What about things that are just? Well, it wasn't that long ago when immigrant children were being separated from their parents at the border and this is not meant to be a talk about borders at all, but at least can we just admit that maybe children should not be separated from their parents? How is that just? Or how about things that are pure? Right? Every year, every year there's hurricanes and wildfires that devastate cities and towns. Homes get destroyed. How is that pure? Or lovely. We all know someone a loved one who, or maybe you yourself, are struggling with, uh, with cancer or some sort of terminal disease, and it rips away at us. We need sanctuary because of that. And Paul is saying there's not enough of true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable things in this world. Oftentimes, if I can use a metaphor, it feels like we're in a snow globe that is constantly being shaken And it just never stops. There's always this just turmoil swirling around us at all times. We need sanctuary. We need a bit of a place where all of that turmoil can be calmed down or we can find that peace from it. 
So, at the top of the passage, Paul says rejoice. In the midst of all of this, have joy. It feels a little empty, right? How can we have joy when all of this stuff is happening? Even the word joy, even though it's a major theme in Paul's writing, it's used no, le- no fewer than 12 times in this letter to the Philippians. It's his, main, it's his main theme, but the word itself, joy, can feel very hollow or empty. Um, it's kind of akin to our email signatures. How many of you have a job where you have to send hundreds of emails every week? Right? I have a job where I do that. Oh, I mean, maybe not so much for some people, but me, hundreds of emails every week, right? Uh, and at the end of every one of my emails, I, had to, I, would, I got really tired of typing out best regards, comma, Jason, or all the best, comma, Jason, or cheers, comma, Jason. So I got really tired of that. So I found this Chrome extension called Gorgias. It actually it allows me to just type the letter B and hit the key, the tab key, and then all of a sudden it fills out best, comma, Jason, or BR, best regards, comma, Jason, and just to save some time, right? But what is that really saying? I'm not really wishing people all the best in my emails. I'm not really giving my best regards. I'm just saying it. So similarly, when, when we read, when Paul is telling us to rejoice or to have joy, we feel like it, eh, it's just like one of those email signatures. He's just throwing it out there, right? But Paul doesn't say that. He says, rejoice in the Lord always, He says, again, I will say rejoice. He's saying, I don't think you heard me the first time, right? This is not just a standard greeting in an email. I really do mean it. I want you to rejoice. I want you to have joy, right? So don't treat it like that. It's it's meant to be a powerful statement. But the problem is, again, the word joy still feels hollow and empty, let me tell you why joy is so important. I want to read this quote by, uh, I'm a bit of a math geek, so I want to read this quote by a man named Blaise Pascal, mathematician, you know, Pascal's triangle, the wonderful tool to figure out uh, polynomial coefficients. Um, <laughs> and, a, and a programming language. language, which I learned programming in Pascal. It was my first programming language in, in high school. Um, well, Blaise Pascal was not just a mathematician. He was also a philosopher. He wrote this about happiness, or joy in this case. He says, all people seek happiness. This is without exception. Whatever different means they employ, they all tend to this end, basically the pursuit of happiness. The cause of some going to war and of others avoiding it is the same desire in both attended with different views. The will never takes the least step but to this object. This is the motive of every action, of every person. He's saying, all of us, all of humankind, pursue joy. We, we pursue joy. We, it's just a, nature, a natural thing with us. Every action we take is somehow in the, the pursuit of happiness. Some people go to war because they like the power that it provides. Some people avoid war because they, don't, they know that's not a joyful, happy place. So they avoid it to try to maintain their happiness. But what's interesting is he's not making a judgment about that. Pascal is not saying that it's a sin to seek happiness. To quote John Piper about Blaise Pascal, John Piper says, what struck me especially was that Pascal was not making any moral judgment about this fact. As far as he was concerned, seeking one's own happiness is not a sin. It is a simple given in human nature. It is a law of the human heart, as gravity is a law of nature. We all do it. 
whether we realize it or not, we all pursue happiness. So it's not a bad thing. But again then, how can we have joy? In the midst of the swirling snow globe around us, how can we actually achieve it and receive it? Well, in order to have it, you probably need to understand what it really is. Um, maybe let's start by talking about what, about what joy is not. I will say that joy is not the absence of pain. Many of us try to maximize joy by minimizing pain. We're really good at avoiding things. We're really, uh, we're really good at avoiding the news. I don't like reading the news. I don't like reading it on my phone. I don't like reading it on the newspaper because it's not fun news out there. Um, back when I was a, a pastor at a church, every Sunday morning I would do the type of prayer that Juan did earlier and I would force myself to read the news on Saturday night or Sunday morning and, and I got really tired of just hoping maybe this time, maybe this week there wasn't some sort of traumatic event, a major hurricane or fire or mass shooting or stabbing or whatever, but it just felt like week after week there was just something else. I just wanted to avoid it altogether. That's one way that we try to find joy by just minimizing and avoiding. We also distract ourselves. Now, a couple, uh, couple months ago, I talked about my chief form of distraction was video games. Um, I, I play games on my, on my desktop computer at home. There's this thing called Steam, which is an online <laughs> shop. It's also, uh, it keeps track of your library, and it does this nefarious thing. It tells you how many hours you've played on any game in your library. Um, I talked about Hearthstone last time. I'll talk about another game this time. I played uh, Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley is this combination farm simulator and dungeon crawler. You plant crops, you grow them, you sell them. But you also like take a sword and you fight monsters in this dungeon. It's a really cute game. It's really fun. And I, I spent about 146 hours, 146 hours playing this one game. That's six 24-hour days, plus another two hours I spent playing this little silly Yet really fun, addictive game. Um, <clears throat> that's just me, right? So Steam tracks how much I play on, on various games, but you know what Netflix is doing? I guarantee you Netflix knows exactly how many minutes you spent on every show, how many hours, how many days we have spent watching their programs, right? They're just smart enough not to actually put that on the display, but they know. They know how much you spend, right? And it would be scary for those of us who love Netflix, and I love Netflix, we, it would be scary for us to just see how many days we have spent maybe distracting ourselves from the real things going on in this world. Again, Netflix isn't bad. I'm just, I'm not, let's keep watching. It's okay. But, like, but maybe, if we, maybe we're just using it to, to take an, an emotional vacation or to detach emotionally. We use it to check out. Here's the thing. When we detach emotionally, we are basically becoming indifferent to the pain of others. Indifference is a problem. Indifference is not true joy. The absence of pain or being, being able to be indifferent is not true joy. And I'll just say this. I'll take it one more step further. To be indifferent is a sign of immense privilege. If we can be indifferent to other people's pains, it's because we have not needed to experience that pain. We are not the ones who live in, in, under horrific regimes like in North Korea or in the Philippines right now. We are not the ones who are having our children separated from us. We are not the ones who are the victims of assault. 
or abuse. To be able to take an emotional vacation, to distract ourselves, to detach emotionally, is a sign of immense privilege. And I will say this, an emotional vacation is not true sanctuary. Joy is not the absence of pain. And I'll also say that joy is not the seeking of pleasure or momentary happiness. Um, let me share about the, one of the happiest moments in my life happened in February of 2018. Uh, I'm looking at Sonia, and if Barry was here. We, we experienced this immense happiness together because the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl in 2018. Right? For the first time ever, long, long-standing fans were rejoiced. And when that, when that game ended... And Tom, Tom Brady threw this Hail Mary and it dropped on the floor. I, like, I, couldn't, I was like disbelief. Like, I was like, maybe the time didn't really hit zero seconds. Maybe there was still one more second left. They were going to call. Tom Brady was going to throw another Hail Mary. They were going to make it and when the Eagles would lose. Um, but once, there's actually a video of me of like, both cheering but also like, crying at the same time. Like ugly crying because I was just so happy. That whole week and the following month, I was like, what? I bought the, the, the Super Bowl champions t-shirt. I, bought, I watched all of the highlights night after night after night, as, I guess maybe as a form of distraction. But uh, it was just like, again, happiest moment of, maybe not of my life. Maybe marriage was probably the happiest moment of my life, right? But how long did that last? How long did that last? I'll tell you how long that lasted. It lasted three months, Right? <laughs> Momentary happiness. And here's why it lasted three months. Because in May of 2018, the Philadelphia 76ers made it to the NBA playoffs. And I'm thinking, they won the first playoff series. And I'm thinking, this is it. This is the year. Eagles Super Bowl. Why not the Sixers NBA championship? It's going to happen. Well, they got demolished by the Boston Celtics. And of course, even if they made it to the finals, they would have probably gotten crushed by the Warriors that year anyway. So immense joy, immense happiness lasted Three months, right? True joy is not momentary happiness or momentary pleasures. To quote the great existential philosopher Don Draper from that show Mad Men, right? He says this. He says, uh, what is happiness? It's nothing but a moment before you need more happiness. Happiness can be fleeting, momentary. True joy endures. Here's the thing. We settle for momentary happiness. I'm going to quote Blaise Pascal one more time. He says, there once was in man a true happiness of which now remain to him only the mark and empty trace, which he in vain tries to fill from all his surroundings, seeking from things absent the help he does not obtain in things present. But these are all inadequate because the infinite abyss can only be filled by an infinite and immutable object. That is to say, only by God himself. 